Welcome, all the people from 3CR to 3CR. If you've been here a while already, it's good to keep you company. If you've just tuned in for us, it's good to catch up with you. Who are we? Good question. We're the DOGS program. We are the defenders of government schools. We are here on community radio because government schools, being the only schools that serve all the people all the time, uh, COVID notwithstanding, um, being the only schools that do that, um, free at point of entry, quite right, and they don't really care, state schools, what religion you are as you turn up at the school gate. So because of those reasons, these schools are threatened by both religious institutions and people who want to make money. And because they're threatened, of course, we've got to defend them. And defending them is what we do. We are the defenders of government schools, D-O-G-S, or DOGS for short. We've been around for a few decades now and we'll be around for a few decades until we're not needing it anymore. Um, having said that, of course, today's program's a real cracker. There's so much going on, even though we're supposed to be in lockdown and all that sort of stuff. People's brains are going at a million miles an hour. Both the people who are interested in destroying the government school system in Australia and those people who are trying to support it. Now, of course, we will, as always, and I'm not going to let you down, we will, as always, have our press release this week, press release from Jean, which is rather interesting. Um, I'm going to get Jean to talk about that. I don't want to steal her thunder. But we will be talking about all sorts of things, including an article by David Zingia, um, an academic at Monash, who is also a defender of government schools. And what on earth is going on with the coalition at the moment? It's very difficult to know. There are either a bunch of left-wing socialists who are giving everyone money, or there are a bunch of right-wing fascists who are taking it all away. And they seem to manage the trick of doing this all at the same time. I'm not quite sure. Well, we'll try and have a look at that, certainly when it comes to schools and school funding. We'll be finishing off, of course, with a great state school to cheer us up, because still around this country there are some really great state schools, and we'll be reporting on one of those later in the program. But before we go any further, as I promised before, and I'll promise again, we're going to go to Jean's press release. Jean, are you there? Yep. Good to hear you. Yeah, I am. Well, it's good to yes, hear you, Jean. What, 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 what number of press release is this? 849. So that's the 49. A new phase, a new phase in the state aid debate. So that's the 849th? Yes. That's a lot of press releases. <laughs> Can I, what, what if I wanted a back copy? Could I get one? Yes. What if I wanted a back copy? Can I get one? Go off to our, our our uh, website at www.adogs.info. Okay. We've got a website and uh, there's an awful lot of goodies on it if people are interested uh, in things like statistics or yeah. all our press releases or the high yeah. court case that we ran. When was that? Information there. Okay. Anyway, 849, tell us all about it. <laughs> Well, I've headed it a new phase in the state aid debate because dogs are no longer alone. Many years we were the only ones carrying the can with dogs. But the things we're saying aren't all of that way out anymore. The current times of plague have revealed the dark underbelly of inequality in our society with children as the innocent victims. Dog, as dogs predicted in 1969, because we've been around longer than that even, with the resuscitation in that year of the Catholic system of education by the Menzies government, 
and the pouring of largesse upon the wealthy Protestant schools, we said in those days that if we gave state aid to these um, schools, then we would produce an even more unequal society with private schools for the favoured classes and the public system relegated to wastebasket wastebasket status for the lower orders. Now, we were right about the private schools, but we were wrong about what would happen to the public system. And I think we have to admit that we were wrong about that because the public system has survived and in some cases flourished. It hasn't become a wastebasket system, although it has 80% of Australia's disadvantaged children studying in these places. And why has it survived and flourished? It survived and flourished because of dedicated administrators, principals, teachers and parents that have prevented any possibility of the wastebasket plate. And I think we should be very, very grateful to them. Indeed, in the current crisis, members of the stressed middle class or middle classes, I call them the muddled middle classes, but they're certainly very stressed at the moment, are realising the importance of our public system for the future of their children. Two-thirds of Australian children still attend our public schools and billions of dollars of propping up their system later, Catholic schools enrol only 0.1% less than they did in 1964. So it's a very costly exercise keeping this Catholic system going. And the business plans of the non-Catholic sector are proving extremely fragile in spite of almost 100% of public funding. Gross inequalities in funding arrangements guaranteed to prop up the private sector while undermining the public sector have produced in the last two weeks research and arguments from well-respected researchers and an academic, brave people. The stances taken by these writers and their supporters help to justify the position taken by the dogs for the last 60 years. So what are they? First of all, Trevor Cobald, who is a former Productivity Commissioner and he's also an advocate for the Save Our Schools think tank, has revealed the deep school funding inequality entrenched over the past decade. He's only dealing with the last decade because that's when Save Our Schools have been around. The dogs have been around for 60 years. And this is he's only dealing with the last 10 years since the Gonski report. And his research paper is entitled Public Schools Face a Funding Crisis and Private Schools Are in Clover. Now, I know that we dealt with this last week, but I think it can do with a second outing because this has been taken up, this research has been taken up by both The Age and The Sydney Morning Herald and also by the Australian Education Union. And the Australian Education Union have come out with a very, very succinct summary of Trevor Cobalt's finding in a press release, which Dale is going to read to us shortly. Now, the other person who has been uh, writing, interestingly, on the internet, is an academic called David Zignia. He's an adjunct associate professor in the School of Education at the Southern Cross University, but I think he used to be at Monash. 
Robert will know more about that than myself. He was also a former school teacher and principal in the public system, and a lot of his career in the teaching service was in disadvantaged schools. So you're actually dealing with not just a public school supporter, but a dedicated public school supporter. Now, he has written an article for the AARE, which is a research group in education in Australia, with the heading, Stop All Government Funding for Private Schools, Why and How We Could Do It. Now, I'm not sure that the dogs would quite agree with what he is saying, but um, uh, you'll find, and I want Robert to deal with Mr Zingier's um, article, uh, that he's recommending a midway funding position, which is similar to that in the UK and New Zealand. And this deals, their, their solution to the state aid problem uh, deals with discrimination practiced by the Australian private schools on the basis of fees and other enrolment tests. But unlike Australian public schools, these maintained private schools, faith schools they're called in the UK, are not necessarily public in purpose and outcome and they're not owned and controlled by the government. They are funded by the government. They have open enrolment policies, I believe, and we'll talk to Robert about that. And they also um, are, are completely publicly funded. But they are, I don't believe that they are owned and controlled by the government, nor are they necessarily public in purpose and outcome because they are faith schools. In other words, they are owned by faith groups and um, the, their particular view of religion is promoted in these schools. So as far as the dogs are concerned, we disagree here with this proposal. Um, because we remind and we want to remind our supporters and our listeners that if we are going to have public schools, then they have to have six indicia. They have to have six things. They have to be public in purpose. They have to be public in outcome. They have to be public in access. And they have to be public in ownership and control. And they have to be public in accountability. And our public system in Australia is still public in all of those senses. But the maintained schools in both New Zealand and the UK are only public in funding and, up to a point, public in access. I'm not sure that they are public in accountability. But um, I'll now put you into the good hands of Dale and Robert, who will be talking further about the Trevor Cobalt figures and the David Zinnia ideas. Thanks for tuning in to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 and AM. Dale, sorry there to cut you off, Dale. Hello, Dale. Uh, hi, Rob. I was just going to say we should have a, a short break and then we'll come back with those figures from uh, the article about Trevor Cobalt's figures. Oh, yeah, raring to go. No worries. <laughs> okay. We'll be back in a moment, folks. You can see that this country is covered in the blood of Aboriginal people and the length and breadth of it. Australia is a part of an undeclared war and a secret invasion. And it began 250 years ago this year. Now we have a country that's built on lies, deceit, fraud, 
propaganda and race hatred indoctrination. Now, it's been 250 years of us being oppressed in our own land, brutally. We might be oppressed, but we understand what freedom is, and we fight for it every day, and we've resisted this occupation since day one. And I predict colonialism, capitalism, imperialism is going to get knocked out cold by about mid this year. Your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Australian music needs your help. Music festivals, concerts, and local gigs have been cancelled due to coronavirus. Artists, crew and music workers have lost their jobs and don't know when their next gig will happen. We're all facing the sound of silence, but you can help. Visit thesoundofsilence.com.au now. Do you need to renew your subscription? Make a donation. Or pass on some information to a programmer. We can't get to the phone all the time right now, but we're still here. You can call us on 03... 94198377 Each weekday between 1 and 5pm and talk to a staff member. That's 03 3CR Community Radio, here to stay. Welcome back to the Dogs Program on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and podcast all over the WWWs. Look, we're going to share an article with you by Trevor Cable. Dale's been doing that. Um, but it refers to um, stuff from this place, this place, this mystical place. It's a strange and mystical place, um, like in a movie. It's called Akara. A-C-R-A. It's the Australian Curriculum and Research Authority. They are a not-for-profit um, funded... Uh, that produces statistics. So if you want to know um, what your school's doing and you go to the My School website, the numbers there come from ACARA. If you want to know how Australia is doing compared to Portugal when it comes to education because you want to move to Portugal because you're sick of this place um, and you want to make sure the schools are all right, then ACARA is the place that has the data that compares various countries. They are the Statistics workshop. They have all these little, little, little creatures making numbers out of stats uh, that let us know what, what on earth is going on. Which of course is rubbish. A bunch of very highly qualified academics, and many of whom I know, <laughs> who um, uh, who produce the raw numbers which politicians fight over when it comes to education. But um, yeah, that's a Cara. They produce the raw statistics, and plate like Trevor Carball takes them and tells a story with them. And the AEU's picked up one of his stories, and I'd like Dale to share that with you now. The words of Trevor Cobalt, but the dulcet tones of Dale. <laughs> well, this, yes, this is an article from the AEU uh, saying, Deep school funding inequality has been entrenched over the past decade. New analysis of ACARA data by Trevor Cobalt from Stavell Schools Australia shows that funding inequality has been exacerbated under the Morrison government's funding legislation and special deals for private schools. Private school funding over the past decade has grown up to nine times faster in real terms than, private, than public school funding. 
analysis of 10 years of school funding data reveals Catholic and private schools are far better resourced than public schools in every state, even though public schools enrol more than 80% of all disadvantaged students and 95% of all disadvantaged schools are public schools. Also shows that the total recurrent income per student in Catholic and private schools in Australia was higher than for public schools in 2018. The average total income per student in public schools in Australia was $14,940, compared to $23,029 per student in private schools and $16,400 in Catholic schools. The data showed that between 2009 and 2018, the increase in total income per student adjusted for inflation, real income, for private schools was up to nine times higher than for public schools. The real total income for private schools increased by 2,585, that's 16.9% per student, and by $2,096, that's 19.7% in Catholic schools, compared to an increase of only $241, that's 2.1% per student in public schools. Government funding increases have been pivotal in ensuring that private schools have far more resources than public schools. Government funding accounted for 77% of the increase in Catholic school income and 62% of the increase for private schools. The increase in real Commonwealth funding for private schools was more than twice that for public schools. Catholic, sorry, Catholic school funding increased by $1,502, that's 26.2% per student, and for private schools by $1,427, that's 31.5%, compared to $637 for public schools. Australian Education Union Federal President Corinna Haythorpe said that the analysis of the ACARA data exposed the funding favouritism shown to private schools by the Morrison government. This analysis shows that per student growth in private school funding in the past decade was up to nine times higher than for public schools, Ms Haythorpe said. This is a shameful indictment on the Morrison government's school funding legislation, funding agreements and special deals which have privileged the private school sector instead of delivering funding to the schools in most need. The Morrison government says that it supports needs-based funding, yet it has overtly favoured private schools with special deals that have resulted in funding growth which has rapidly outstripped that of the public sector over the past decade, Ms Haythorpe said. This analysis shows the deep inequality that exists under the Morrison government's school funding legislation and must be an urgent call to action for all governments to address the, the growing funding gaps for public schools. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has delivered a new age of school inequality. This is set to continue due to the many special deals his government has provided to private schools, Ms Haythorpe said. The Morrison government's school funding agreements mean that by 2023, all private schools will be at or above the minimum funding benchmark, the schooling resource standard, while the vast majority of public schools 
will be below that benchmark. Public schools teach the vast majority of students, including 80% of students from disadvantaged backgrounds, who have the highest level of need, Ms Haythorpe said. For every child to achieve their full potential, Australia's funding inequality must be rectified. It's a joint responsibility between Commonwealth and state and territory governments to ensure that public schools have the resources needed to cater for the educational needs of every child. Okay, and we'll have a short break and then we'll come right back with some more. You're listening to The Dogs on 3CR. I will be presenting three hours of vintage hillbilly and Australian country music. All right. 
It's Friday night and you're here with Chris and Christine on The Heavy Session at 8.55am 3CR. And everyone to you global intifada. The track we just heard was by revolutionary Turkish band Grip Yoram. Hello everybody, you are listening to Sweet Dreams on Free CR Community Radio. You've dialed in that number 855 in the AM selected universe of radio. Well that wacky collection of 3CR music shows is just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many interesting music shows on 3CR. Make sure you tune in and check them all out. They're presented by incredible people who have an incredible wealth of knowledge about incredible music. Don't you just love the amazing wacky collection of music shows on 3CR? 3CR, your station in struggle and solidarity. To donate, go to 3cr.org.au. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM Dome podcast all over the WWWs. Good to have you company. Hopefully, over the last couple of weeks, you, our wonderful listeners and supporters, have listened and supported. Supported over, well, what has been the sort of Radiothon three weeks is still going in all sorts of ways, Radiothon, because 3CR being a community radio station needs funding. So if you have it in your mind, it slipped your mind, oh, that's right. I was going to support 3CR. I do that every year. This year's no different, except, of course, um, I'm sitting at home in my little cave and Dale's in her palatial mansion and, and Jean, Jean is on top of a telegraph pole and we're all broadcasting from remote locations. Now, from, from our point of view, we can't do a radiothon like we normally do because we can't be with our friends, with our community at 3CR down there in Smith Street, which makes us all very sad. But we still need to keep going, and we still need your money, your support. So if you do have it in your mind that you're going to give to 3CR, maybe now is the time after you've listened to my dulcet tones, or if you podcast, just press pause and go and sort it out on the 3CR website. But if you haven't done that, uh, please do. If you have done that, thank you so much. And if you're still thinking about it, here's something else to think about. What Dale was talking about there is three school systems, the Catholic school system, the independent school system, and the public system. Neither the independent school system nor the Catholic school system do the hard yards. They don't give a flying finergan about kids in the bush. They just don't care. There ain't no Catholic schools out there teaching kids in schools with 12 kids or 6 kids, because for them it's not economic. It doesn't fit their business model. They can't make any money out of it. So the state school system, as it should and as it does, goes out there into the bush. I'm just going to call it into the bush. You can call it remote and regional if you like. I don't care. Um, Goes into the bush and educates every child free at point of entry. So if you've got a disabled child, out there in the bush, it's a state school you'll be sending your kid to, or um, a remote learning centre run by the state system. One of those two, if you're really out there in the bush, because those are the systems that will support you. That costs money, just by the way. You've got one teacher and ten kids out there in the bush and you want to support them. 
That costs money per kid. I'm happy to pay it, by the way. And if you're not happy to pay it, and you can say, ah, oh, stuff them, um, then you're an uncivilised person, and I don't like you very much. The um, problem there, Robert, is that those expensive operations are then included in the total figure for uh, running a state school system, and when they come to funding the private school system, they use the total uh, to get the um, average cost of educating a child for the resource standard. So whereas the public system is carrying, as you say, the hard yards, it's doing the hard yards, the more expensive yards, and the private system is doing the economic yards, um, they are given the credit for what the public system does when the funding um, ideas are taken, when they start okay. doing Not the ideas, the numbers. The numbers, the numbers that Dale are creating, and thanks very much, Jean, for making my point. You're absolutely 100% correct. Yeah, it's not even apples with apples. And it's just, it gets, it gets on my bugbear. It's just a personal thing, but often you'll see lots and lots of wonderful stories in the local paper about how the local private school has given a child a scholarship or has done wonderful charity work in the, in the local area. But they're not going to put a school out in the bush. They're not going to do the hard yards of what it really means to care and to educate all Australians. They do not give, as I say, a flying finergan about what goes on out there, but they're very happy to talk about all their wonderful charity work, which, by the way, is good. Um, you know, I'm not having a go at it. It just annoys me slightly that they can profit on the charitable ideas that they espouse, whereas actually not do the right thing when it comes to true values, which is education for all. In fact, as, as Jim was pointing out earlier, and I'm going to point out in detail now, academic called David Zinger is coming around to the idea of actually, if they're going to do this, if private schools are going to sort of wander around saying they're wonderful and charitable and wave their arms and wave at all the poor people as they go, um, then really the government should have nothing to do with funding this. If they want to truly be charitable, then maybe it's their money that they should be spending. Also something that gets on my gut. Um, various religious ministers and priests and imams and very, there's different names for different religions. I don't know them all and I apologise to anyone whose religion I do not refer to. But none of them pay tax in Australia and all of them get JobKeeper allowance. I'll say that again. The priests in this country do not pay tax but they do get JobKeeper allowance. The imams in this country do not pay tax in this country, but they do get JobKeeper allowance. And that just in itself, because these people are um, either, in some cases, run the schools. So I'm not talking about this in a religious sense. I'm talking about this is an imam in a school running the school, being the person who makes the hiring and firing decisions about teachers. The imam is the person in a, in a, in a religious school of that nature who makes the decisions about curriculum and gender studies. The minister in a Protestant school is the person who definitely makes the decisions and signs off on the budgets, making sure that the church itself gets its own cut, as it does, as can be demonstrated very simply on the MySchool website. These people are all paid by me and given job keeper allowance, even though they don't pay the taxes. I do, and I'm happy to give job keeper allowance to everyone that deserves it. Certainly, those people who have been put out by this terrible plague that we're in the middle of.
But those people who never contributed in the first place, well, you've got your own system. Go and get supported by that, quite frankly. But back to David Zignia, and um, he's an interesting fellow. He thinks all the money should be taken away in a certain sense. And Gene pointed out the qualifications that he's made. This is what he thinks. He says he believes that any private school that charges fees over an agreed resource standard, that is what I've always said. Here we go, David Zignia, saying around about 12 grand for primary schools and around about 15 grand for high schools. This sounds familiar to regular listeners. David Zignia, anyone who charges more than that should immediately lose all public funding because that's how much it takes to educate a child to go stand in Australia. See, all these highfalutin academics agreeing with me immediately lose all of their funding, he says. Elitist schools across Australia charging over 20000 do not need public money, full stop. They will not lose too many students if they need to raise their fees even higher. These private schools, unable to meet their recruitment costs, could voluntarily become public schools if this does not suit them. Opening enrolment to all students in their local areas, independent of how much money it is that they have in their bank accounts. So if they don't like it, that's okay. Become public. If you're a public school called Scots College, that's fine. You've got to take everyone from your local area. That's fine. You cannot charge fees, though. Cannot charge fees. He also says private schools charging less than the SRS should have their public funding reduced gradually by 10% per annum until it's nothing. Again, if these schools cannot meet their financial obligations, they could be taken over by the state and become, as in the UK and elsewhere, state-run faith-based schools open to all children in their local area. This would be an actual saving of money for me, and me being the taxpayer. I pay taxes, this saves me money. Oh, I like the sound of this. So that is, we take over faith-based schools that don't charge high fees, and they become um, state run faith-based schools. Now, Gene said there's a problem with this, and I'm going to outline in some detail about what this problem is. Firstly, it's in the sentence, state-run, faith-based. Think about it. State-run, faith-based. Oh, hang on. Mm. But but they say, we promise not to discriminate when it comes to kids. (laughs) Now, I have actually been interviewed for one of these schools in the UK. I didn't want to get interviewed, but I thought, I'll go down and have a look. So I actually went for an interview as a teacher in a state-based, faith-based school, state-run, faith-based school. It was a Catholic one. And um, the question was, well, no, if you enrol in the local area, you're entitled to, if you live in the local area, you're entitled to a place in this school. There's a place for you. You don't have to pay fees. So at St Ignatius School in Basingstoke, you can enrol your child in St Ignatius and you do not have to pay any fees. The school is run by the local diocese, which is to say it's run by the priest. You know, one of those guys here in Australia that gets JobKeeper. They have a chapel. Attendance at chapel is not compulsory. However, no children do not attend chapel. 
within the school itself, within the culture of the school itself, not attending chapel is seen as not the thing to do if you want to succeed at this school. So even though it's not compulsory, so, within the school community, within the priests' ideas and within the teachers' culture and within the students' culture, <laughs> of course you go to chapel. Everyone goes to chapel because that's just what you do here. Peer pressure-based religion. Yep, because you're, because you're in the door. Now, remember, this is all state-run. So yeah. this is sanctified and paid for by the government. It's problematic. Yep. So within that school, I say, well, I, I asked, I said, well, I'm not Catholic. What if I choose not to go to the service? I said, well, we're not quite sure we could offer you the job on that basis. We wouldn't ask you to believe. We would ask you to sit and be an example to the students of compliance in chapel. You don't have to pray. You don't have to sing the hymns. You don't have to listen to the sermon because you're, you're a free person. However, if you're not willing to sit there, we're not sure whether, in fact, you can um, be offered this job in the first place. Now, I found that particularly interesting. But back to the words of David Zignier himself. He says, the given Catholic and independent schools in Australia are subsidised by well over $14 billion dollars in public funding every year, at least it's going up. It should be. If students were to enrol in public schools, then there'd be no problem integrating all these kids into an equitable, multicultural, socially diverse public education system. We would then return to the same situation prior to the beginning of this whole ridiculous school choice phenomenon. Well, that's what David's in. I mean, that's his conclusions. He has lots of reasons for that, and I do recommend the article. It's a very good article. Um, it's available on it's available on the internet at the AARE website. That's um, aare.edu.au. You can go there and get it at his blog, which is rather interesting, the reasons why he says this, this should happen. Uh, we don't necessarily agree. We just say, just take the lot. Don't, just, just do it. If they don't like it, privatise them. So Davies in has got the right idea there, quite frankly. If they don't like it, that's okay. Um, you don't have to like it. We'll run the schools. We're a government. We do this all the time, and we do it better than you, quite frankly, and for less money. I mean, that's what the article's all about. But I've got some good news. I've got some good news for Davies in here, and the good news is the Karens are coming. Now, if you know about the Karens, the Karens are a certain type of semi-entitled, blonde-haired, <laughs> middle-class woman who will not take no for an answer. Now, if you want to know what a Karen is, it's a little bit difficult to describe, but if you've ever had an experience with someone who just is in a store and wants a refund and they're not leaving until they get it, then that's a Karen. Karens can be men, just by the way. But more often, they are middle-class, entitled women. And Australia is full of them. And Karen is going to want to send her kid to a state school pretty soon because Karen wants the best for her child. And Karen's going to decide that with all the money that she's being asked to cough up for all these silly private schools, she's going to make a smart decision. She's going to turn up to the local state school and say, 
I want my child to be educated here at your school. My name is Karen. And I don't think your school is good enough. I think your school needs better resources. I think your school needs more discipline. I think your school needs a better uniform. I think your school's not good enough and you should do everything I say. And I tell you what, an army of Karens, not sitting at the principal's door, but sitting at the local political member's door, will make sure, quite frankly, that over the years to come, the middle class, when they decide that the state school is a system of choice for them, which they will decide because the money's running out, quite frankly, when that happens, they will find this surprising situation where, hang on, the state school system's been underfunded. This isn't right. We've got to do something. And I tell you what, a bunch of Karens on the warpath, you get out of their way, quite frankly, whether you're the Prime Minister or not. They're going to make sure that this system works very well. Thank you very much. And the private schools, I'm afraid, will just have to deal with that feeling of abandonment. And I do apologise for the mental health problems that private school principals will feel in the next decade or so because they are going to be in trouble because, quite frankly, they're going to be losing money hand over fist and they'll probably have to nationalise. But I think the Karens will come to the rescue of Australia. Never underestimate the power of Australian middle-class entitlement. Once it focuses on the state education system of the country, I'm pretty sure we'll be right. So, David... Don't worry about it. And with those, um, so with those thoughts, I'm going to throw to a break, quite frankly, because there's some interesting things going on in Western Australia that mirror these ideas, probably a little less um, polemically than I do, because they're a proper, proper news organisation. And quite frankly, here at the Dogs Program, I'm not a journalist. kind of wish I was in many ways, but I'm not. So what I've just given you is my opinion about Karen's coming to the rescue of the state education system. It's not necessarily <laughs> for fact. In any case, um, I'm going to throw to a break now because here's some important messages from 3CR. 3CR is your station in solidarity and struggle. We've been with you since 1976 and we are here to stay. Throughout June, we're running a station appeal. We need the financial support of our listeners to stay independent, community-owned and radical. Jump online and give what you can. Go to 3cr.org.au. RCR is running a station appeal. We're asking you, the listener, to donate to keep the station going. 3CR relies on the support of our listeners, but we know that many of you are doing it hard. So if you can't, we get it. But if you can, head to 3cr.org.au. For three years, teachers have had their qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. We're a proud product of a government-funded primary school education and of a government-funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's still not good enough that kids with disability miss out. Our education is not for profit. Our education is not for profit. You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Welcome back to the Dogs Program on 3CR 855 and AM Dial podcast. 
on www.3cr.org.au and our website at thedogs.info. It's all just happening here today, um, but there's more to come. Just a little bit more because Dale's got something interesting to say from Australia. Thanks, Robert. Yes, so I've got an article here by Aya Styles um, on school funding in Western Australia. Uh, it's titled Grave Social Injustice. Western Australian state school students shortchanged as money rains down on private schools. New analysis into government funding for schools has laid bare a grave social injustice between Western Australia's private and public systems where state schools suffered the biggest drop to funding per student across the nation over the past 10 years. A report by advocacy group Save Our Schools found Western Australian independent schools reaped an extra $1,749 per student and Catholic schools $1,170 per student in taxpayer funds over the past decade. State schools, however, have had their spend slashed by $1,417 per student in budget cuts. Western Australian state schools face serious underfunding by 2023 while government purses continue to rain down on private schools. The figures from 2009 to 2018 are based on analysis of the latest school funding data from the Australian Curriculum Assessment and Reporting Authority, ACARA. Report author Trevor Kovold, a former Productivity Commission economist based in Canberra, said the data proved government funding increases continue to massively favour private schools over public schools. As a result, Catholic and independent schools are far better resourced than public schools in every state. While Western Australia still had among the highest spend on public schools nationally at 15778 per student, the size of Western Australia's spending cuts was far greater than the Northern Territory, where public students missed out on $620 each and the Australian Capital Territory, which lost $464 per student. All other states grew their public spending, yet it still paled against private school benefits. Western Australian Catholic schools' total income exceeded the national average, drawing $16,877 per student, and its independent schools' income per student was the fifth highest in the nation at $21,944. Public schools in Western Australia used to be among the best funded in the country, but since the cuts have been happening, it's fallen substantially. And while it's comparable to other states, they're certainly much more worse off than they used to be, Mr Cobalt said. The message that sends is, if your child goes to a state school, they will be underfunded compared to private schools, which is clearly inequitable. Glenn Savage, UWA Associate Professor in Education and Sociology, says Western Australia's disadvantaged students, of which the proportion of Indigenous and remote students would be slightly higher than other states due to Western Australia's size and breadth, would be the hardest hit. Disadvantaged kids are three to four years behind their advantaged peers by the age of 15. And this is a dreadful state of affairs. It's a grave social injustice and it's a drag on economic growth and prosperity. Mr Cobalt said. Figures obtained exclusively by Western Australia Today show show the uh, Commonwealth increased funding for Western Australian public schools by 319 
$8 per head over the last 10 years, while the state government reduced its funding by $1,736 per student, but increased independent school by $265 a head over the same period. Mr Covell said the state government cuts would impact schools' ability to help disadvantaged students and make it impossible to reduce the gaps in learning for low socioeconomic and Indigenous children. They're condemning disadvantaged students to a lower achievement for the future, he said. Western Australian Education Minister Sue Ellery has declined to comment. University of Western Australia and Associate Professor in Education Policy and Sociology Glenn Savage said the findings were concerning when coupled with Western Australians' signed bilateral funding agreement with the Commonwealth, which showed public school funding had dropped from 84.43% in 2018 and would continue to drop down to 75% by 2023. Consequently, Public schools will receive only 95% of the recommended funding amount after the Commonwealth's contribution of 20%. So it's a sad state of affairs, and that was uh, with Adam Carey. Yeah, no, it is, Dale. Uh, thanks, thanks for sharing that. I mean, quite frankly, it's uncivilised. It's not just Western Australia. There's no point singling out one state for this. It's, it's in the whole country. But the state school system does... Keep going. The state school system is excellent. We live in a country where the vast majority of people in the country are educated to a standard that they do not sincerely believe the telephone network causes a vaccine. There are countries in the world where a large proportion of the population of that country believes that the 5G network causes a killer pandemic and plague because their education system, their public education system has been undermined for generations. Our public education system has been undermined for generations, but it still keeps bearing up. We are not a nation of ignorant, uncivilised people. We have responded to real problems together in a civilised fashion. And in many ways, that relates to the resilience, and I hate using that word, but the real strength of the state education system in Australia. And it needs to be, imagine what we would be as a country if we truly supported all of our children all of the time. And I'm going to just share one tiny little example of that with one great state school in this country. And it's a little school, and it's a little school in trouble. But it's a little school that we all know, with time and effort and the energy of everyone involved, will come through the big trouble that it's in at the moment because it's a school that is now infested with the pandemic. And it's here in Melbourne. It's in one of the hotspots. I want to talk just briefly about it because as schools go, this one is truly great. Every week on the Doctor Program we have a special segment to show a different state school is a great school. State schools are great schools. School of the week. State school. School of the week. Great state schools. State State schools. schools School of the week. School for the week here on the Dogs Program. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and all across the all across the WW whatever, wherever, 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 wherever
Um, I, I really want to talk about Keylaw Views Primary School, which is in Keylaw Downs. Now, Keylaw Views Primary School is located in the suburb of Keylaw Downs, which is in the west of Melbourne, which is in one of our current hotspots at the moment here in Melbourne. 444 students, there's about 36 teachers, and they are from diverse backgrounds. I'll tell you right now, about 50 to 60% of the kids in this school go home and speak a language other than English. There aren't any Indigenous kids there because it's deep in the west of suburbia. The ICSIA value of this school is well under a 1,000. I'll tell you right now, about 65% of the kids come from the poorest half of Australia. This school spends around about, oh, look, $13,000 on giving the kids an education each year, which is great because that's cheap as, as far as I'm concerned. And do they give them a good education? Damn right they do. They're on the money for every single every single target. That's reading, writing, arithmetic and all the rest. So this is a Western Suburban Primary State School in Keylor Downs. They are working and have been working and will continue to work over the years and, and, the, and the years that have been um, to create a great state school, which they have done. But something's been thrown at them, something that they didn't deserve, something that came along into their lives which I can't say was expected or unexpected, but it's what we didn't want to have happen to us. What we didn't want to have happen to us or to me or to you is for the COVID-19 to come to your door. Kids, teachers, parents have all been infected by the COVID-19 environment, virus in this school. The school is now closed. The school should be closed. The school should have never opened, in my particular opinion. But they did because they were told to and they closed because they have to. And what happens at this school at this point is what makes it great. It's the community coming together by staying apart, by having that discipline of being as one but separate to each other, which is not an easy thing to do. But if there's one institution in Australia that has been built over the last century to do exactly this, it is a standard run-of-the-mill bloody brilliant primary school in the west of Melbourne, as far as I'm concerned. Those guys, what they're putting up with as a community, to me, is unimaginable because I don't have a kid. I don't send a child to school. So what's going on there in the parent community, in the teacher's community and in the student community, all those little kids, is unimaginable. Now, when I say unimaginable, I'm usually talking about something that happens in Bosnia or something that happens overseas or something that happens in the even in the indigenous communities in outback australia i go that's unimaginable but what i'm talking about is something that's unimaginable that's happening next door to me and for me to imagine that, that this great state school does not touch you or me in a very very close way is craziness so i know this is the great state school and Keylor views you are a great state school and you are the school that inspires me to put on a mask. You are the school that tells me, stay home, you fool. Think about what these kids are putting up with. Think about what these parents are putting up with. You are absolutely, as far as I'm concerned, kill or use a great state school for the dogs this week. But having said that, it's now time to go because we're going to have to come back next week. We've run out of, run out of time here on 3CR855 on the AM dial. If you want to get a hold of us, you can, of course, at our website, www.adogs.info and the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. Um, if you missed that and I'm going too fast and you've got the podcast, just go back and rewind it. But I'll tell you one more time, www.adogs.info is our website. Check out Gene's press releases. They're awesome. But until next week, from Dale and from Gene and from myself, 
It's bye for now. listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.